Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 148 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. First time on YouTube for, for a long, long, long time. Hopefully, going forward, we should have all episodes uploaded uh, in future onto our YouTube channel. So but please, obviously... Give us a, a follow, like, and subscribe on there if you can. Um, but we're back. Everton winning again. Back-to-back wins for the first time this season, which is absolutely fantastic. First away win of the season, uh, which was which was great to see. And great for the fans who, who travelled so far during, obviously, train strikes and things like that as well, uh, that we've come away with the three points. But, Pete, you must be sitting there delighted that Everton have won away from home got back-to-back wins and, and moving up the table in the right direction. I am delighted. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. It, it, it felt it felt significant for, for lots of reasons, but the, one of the big takeaways for me was it felt like for once we sort of got what we deserved in terms of level of performance and what we put into the game. You know, the, there's been so many times for, for us recently where, you know, we've been the better team for long spells of matches and then we end up drawing or losing. Um, and I think there were, you know, there were several moments. I'm sure we'll come on to to talk about in the Southampton game where that very well could have happened. Um, you know, maybe on a, another day or at times last season, we would have come away from that fixture. We would have lost it. And there was a key moment for for me before we got the the, the second goal, where we had to defend um, a Southampton counter attack. I think Che Adams had the the chance to put Southampton 2-1 up. And I, I don't know if Pickford saved it or whether Cody blocked it. And it came out to Armstrong. And then we got another blocking. And if you if you look, if anyone's not seen the highlights or, or watched the game, if you look at that moment, I think we've got about eight or nine players behind the ball, all defending. all, And there's about four or five defenders on the floor trying to block these shots. And for me, that just highlighted the difference. 
I, I think in another last season or in another game would have conceded there and we would have lost it. So I, I think there's a real shift in, uh, in mentality and team ethos that we're, we're starting to see. And yeah, I'm absolutely delighted. It felt like it was uh, just desserts for hard work, hard fought win. And, and that, that moment that you mentioned there, that was one of the, the pivotal moments of the game for me, which we'll, we'll touch on shortly. Um, but if, if we if we start in the first half, it, it was it was a funny game really, wasn't it? Because watching you know the, the first half, Everton were very much on top, um, had more of the ball. We're, we're trying to trying to obviously keep keep the ball for longer periods of time, um, but we, we we lacked a little bit in that final third, which we've seen quite often now and again. Um, obviously now we, we have got a a sense of striking in the Mope in there. Um, Dwight McNeil came in yesterday along with obviously Demari Gray. Anthony Gordon being a little bit under the weather, but Lee, it was it was the first half. You, you were thinking, weren't you? Because we were pretty dominant, I thought. Anyway, um, you, you were always thinking that this might come back to to bite us, especially after what we've seen, obviously last season when when we went to Southampton and, and other games as well. Um, so we, we we need to learn to to sort of when we are on top, obviously get that goal and, and try and obviously make a indentation into the game as early as we can. Yeah, and that's exactly what I think I said to you boys, wasn't it? I think um, we, you know, we, we were the most comfortable we've looked, certainly away from home this season in terms of possession. Um, Southampton looked really toothless, um, and I, you know, I felt it was an ideal opportunity to grab three points. And it wasn't too dissimilar to last season, if you remember when we played them. We started off the game well that day, and then obviously we, I think we went in at half time nil nil there as well didn't we and then they got an early goal second half and then that was it we just capitulated so I was really pleased with the way we were on the ball the way obviously Frank's obviously I think progression trying to progress to I think offensively we certainly looked like the team more likely I still felt we were just a little bit toothless we were just sort of keeping possession quite comfortably um, but not creating a great deal as well um and, you know, when we did get into good positions, I just felt we were just making poor decisions and we, and, and that decision-making angle came back into it again. I think Damari Gray in particular, you know, got in some great positions um, and was just was just wasteful, wasn't he? Um, he? He does remind me a little bit of almost like Barkley in some ways and the fact that I was speaking to a, a friend of ours, friend of the show, Mike, and he was saying that... Um, that he, he has a tendency, Damari Gray, I know, Pete, you'll agree with this, he has a tendency to make the difficult things look easy and the easy things look difficult, doesn't he? You know what I mean? The fact he gets to some great positions with great feet, quick feet, getting past people with ease. And then when he gets in that final third, he almost seems to make the wrong decision nearly like most of the time. I think kind of that sums up his career. And uh, the same could go with Dwight McNeil as well yesterday. Again, probably always looking to come on that left foot. Look at, you know, I think they were reading him quite easily and he lost possession a couple of times when we got into great spots. So without being overly critical, I felt we yes we you know we 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 controlled the game pretty well, but again we just lacked that real sort of cutting edge in the final third. I felt that that was the pattern of the first half, and that, and that was that was always the concern, wasn't it? So when when we obviously the second half gets going, and within four minutes we find ourselves behind to to a Joe Rebo goal for Southampton, you you start to then think, here we go. Like last season, and Lampard alluded to this in his in his post match as well. He said about this: you know, last season we went there, 
went one nil down, went two nil down, and, and and that was the game. Even at one nil down, how how many times last season did, did we say between ourselves, game over, game over? You know, it just we just knew there was not enough there, whether it be from a mentality perspective or or just from an ability side of things to actually come back and get something from a game. And when he did score, you think, you know, there we go. You know, we 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 bossed the the first half in terms of ball possession without without causing too many issues. They then go down to the end at the start of the second half and get the get the first goal of the game. So you think, you know, it's going to be difficult for us to get back into this game. Also, because as well, we haven't really been prolific in terms of scoring goals so far this season. So you you think we're up against it. But, but it was really important, Pete, wasn't it? To when we go behind to get back in the game. And you know, within a in a couple of minutes, set piece on our, our left hand side, and and this time Connor Cody wasn't to be denied his his first goal for the club, was he? Took it well, didn't he? Mm, really well, absolutely, absolutely smashed that. Um, but yeah, I, I had a a right sulk on when we went one 0 down because I mean you can't help it, can you? But you, you, you think. <laughs> Here we go again. You know, we, we were the better team. We, you know, we could have had two or three in the first half if we were more clinical or we would have made different decisions, like Lee said. You know, we've gone one nil down. This is going to suit Southampton now. They're, they're going to sit back. They're going to look to hit us on the counter. And it's just going to be a miserable, you know, 35, 40 minutes. Um, but no, they, they, they shocked me. And uh, I was I was thrilled they did. I, I thought actually the header for Manana was... Was was brilliant. I've watched that goal several times, and you, you can you can see as it comes over, he's played that across mm-hmm. for uh, for someone to get on the end on. Um, so it was it was a really neat uh, neat assist, but it completely shifted the momentum. You know, as soon as we got that equaliser, you could almost feel the belief, couldn't you? Um, but it didn't allow them to sit in, did it? Because they went ahead. And obviously, quite often, especially when sides are looking for points away on in the season, they get ahead and then they'll then just sit and go one, sign breakers down. We didn't give them the chance to do that because we scored so quickly after they went ahead. And that was the really important thing. Like you say, Pete, the momentum then straight away, it went to us. They were sort of shell-shocked. They, you know, they didn't hold the lead for any time at all. And we, we, we get that goal back and you start to think, yeah, you know, we've got a chance here now because I think there's, there's certainly a belief, I think, in this squad, you know, which we need to give them a, probably a little bit more credit for. That you know, we if we do go behind, then let's not panic. There's plenty of time left in the game. There was there was yesterday, and you know, we, we know the the attitude, the belief in this side is is much much better and much improved compared to last season. And I, and I think that was that was another really key moment yesterday was get back in that game as quick as you can. And what do we do? You know, I mean, Lee on on that on that free kick, Lee mentioned obviously Onana on that, which which is a great header. I saw someone's put on Twitter today about imagine Onana having a chance to work with Big Dunk. It's a shame, obviously, Big Dunk has moved on, and you know, sort of working with him in in certain in regards to his head and ability and things like that. Because he rose really uh, really well, didn't he? He was up, he he pumped, he, he was strong in the air. I was sitting there thinking, why hasn't he gone for goal there? But like you said, then Pete. He's gone up and he knew exactly what he was doing. He's headed it back across. Connor Cody said himself that he knew that he was onside. There was no, no, no debate there. No chance of goal was going to be disallowed. But it's greatly, isn't it, to see us from attacking set pieces as well as defending set pieces really well so far, being a threat as well. Yeah, I, I genuinely think that, that goal, 
um, shocked us into action, you know. I genuinely thought we just kind of were going to win this. It's just a matter of time before we get that first goal. Uh, that little bit of arrogance, dare I say, which we haven't seen uh, from an Everton team for quite a while. And and that goal definitely shot us into action. As if almost to say, hang on a minute, we're better than these. These have just scored against the run of play. You know I mean, and 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 we've we've obviously got that goal, and 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 that that comes from from belief, that comes from camaraderie, morale, whatever you want to call it, that comes from that place. And I and I genuinely think like it, this game was a complete opposite to 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 that you know this, the very same fixture under Lampard. It was one of his, I think it was his second or third game, wasn't it, last season? And that shows you where how far we've come in that time from a mentality perspective, that is, in the fact that you can clearly see there's a massive unity between fans and players. There's a massive unity between the players and the manager. And that comes across on the pitch. It pours out onto the pitch. You can see it. And I, I think the players just almost just said, we're not having this. We're not having this. We're better than these. We've dominated these first half. You know, look at the stats that we were saying before. We've had more possession. Shots were similar. We had six corners to their none in the first half. So it was clearly us that were in the ascendancy. And it, it was us just literally saying, no, we're not having it. And that, that then resulted straight away in the second goal because obviously they've, they've, tried to, obviously they've tried to react to us scoring so quickly and then we've caught them on the counter, haven't we? And, and that's, you know, for me, that's, that finish from McNeil there, I mean, to be honest, let's be, let's be fair, although our record on VAR isn't great, it would have definitely been a penalty on Onana, wouldn't it? Because he, he had a free header and the guys literally shoved him right in the back. If they reviewed that, I would have been absolutely fuming. It wouldn't have gone got, uh, gone for a pen, but you know we all know what VAR is like. And McNeil, who I thought was a little bit in and out of the game, and and didn't like I said, he was almost quite readable a lot of the times when he was coming in on his on his left foot every time from the right side. I mean that that's we know he's got a lovely left foot, and that's a lovely first touch, and and, and that's that's a great finish. That that's a great finish. It, you know the pure pureness of the strike has beaten the keeper, hasn't it? Oh, the, the, the finish was was absolutely fantastic, and you know, yeah, another Alex Awobi assist as well, uh, which which went yeah, a lovely little dink, lovely little ball, yeah, lovely ball, little back lift, little uh, little dink over to the back post, but great touch, composed himself, and absolutely smashed it into the uh, into the roof of the net. You know, we we saw his finishing ability in, in the friendly against Dynamo Kiev when he came on. Um, and we saw it for the first time in, in the Premier League, and it's it's what he needs, really, isn't it? You know, he he came in, you know, you know, not really a fanfare. You know, people look at Dwight McNeil and and think, you know, he's, he's hardly a marquee signing. His stats last year weren't great, was it? No goals and one assist for Burnley in a season which obviously they they, they really struggled in, and in the end went down. Um, but he's twenty two years of age. You know, he's he's a young lad. He seems to have been around for quite a while. We've been linked with him, you know, numerous times over the last, you know, two or three seasons. So you you forget his age. He's only young. Frank Lampard is using him um, occasionally. You know, if Anthony Gordon was was a hundred percent, obviously I mentioned there. You know, he, he wasn't well, um, so he didn't start the game. So you know, Dwight McNeil started a few games. He's come off the bench in a few games. Um, so, you know, the mind is using them as he sees fit, but he is young. And, and Pete, it's important that we we allow, you know, for him to develop. He's not the complete player. 
He's got a lot of development to do. Say he is young, he's still learning. Um, and we we've got to we've got to back him up, me because I, I think sometimes, you know, all fans are the same from all clubs as the, the secular fans. They're too quick to write players off, and and that's what frustrates me. And we all get frustrated with with new signings and players who maybe don't perform to a level. But it was great to see him, wasn't it? Get that goal. He, he celebrated it, you know, wildly because he said after the game how, how, how much he's gone through in the last few months, to be honest. Uh, but, but great for him to score, wasn't it? Definitely. I, you know what? I was thrilled for him to, to, to get that goal. Um, I really was because you, 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 that, that statistic, I got I got really wound up. I think it was Sky, wasn't it? said something. They, they, they gave two stats for, for Dwight McNeil. And I thought, why have you done that? Why have you done it? So unhelpful. The first stat was something like he's had more shots than, than any other Premier League player without scoring. And the other was, what is it, something like 56, 52 games, something like that without without yeah. a goal. Yeah. Like, why, yeah. why, why pin that stat on the lab when he's just bang one in the top bin? Mm. You know, I, I just, I don't understand it at all. So, you know, the, the pressure that he must be under, he must that he must put himself under, um, I was absolutely thrilled for him to, to get that goal. And look, we, we've learned our lesson, haven't we, with judging players who have got great ability that might not always fully unlock it on the pitch. I mean, look at what's happened with Alex Awobi. And, I, you know, going back to Lee's point on uh, Damari Gray earlier, I think he's another example of someone that's, you know, worked hard and adapted and is starting to perform consistently closer to the level and has more to give. So let's hope Dwight McNeil's another one. And um, like you say, Mike, he's, you know, so young. It's his first season. You know, we're still finding out about him. We've got a new manager as well and a new squad and, you know, players who are learning and growing and gelling together. So, yeah, let's hope it's uh, it's the first of, of many goals for him. The way, the way he's taken that goal there, the way he sort of took that first touch into the ground almost, you know, we, we should start probably calling him Hammers McNeil. <laughs> I mean, it, it reminded me a little bit of that strike, although the way he struck it was different. You know, the way Hammers brought it down against United, Old Trafford, where he like, you know, almost like stunned it into the ground and then half volleyed it. But that, that he kept that one low, didn't he, into the corner past the hair. This one was first touch, immaculate, and then second touch, he just rifled it, hasn't he, on the half volley. Like I said, the pureness of the strike is completely beat the keeper at his near post into the roof of the net. Um you know, and you know what? I think, it, like I said, it shocked us into action. It was, it was almost as if we were so defiant that we weren't going to lose this game. And then we had a superb counter not long after that um, yeah, from Seamus Coleman, who put in a, a lovely ball on his left foot. Um, and Onana, free, free as a bird in the middle there. He has to score that, doesn't he? It was an absolute sitter, that really. I mean, I know you were, we were praising him for lovely knockdown for the first goal, but that's that, 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 that one to make it three, was you know I mean he should be burying that and he scores that the game's finished I think they're thinking you know Samson hadn't scored in two games at that point as well you know so they would have to then score two just to get back on level terms it would have just killed the game completely that because if there is a criticism what what I do like at the minute is that we are moving in the right direction Lampard's clearly seen as we've said before where the deficiencies were he's come in he's resolved a lot of those we look a completely different side now through the spine particularly through the you know, centre-back and midfield looks completely different. Um, but, you know, if there is a criticism, and he'll know this as well, is that, you know, once we get that 2-1 up there and we are playing effectively counter then, you know, we've got to be ruthless. So it's great to see that we're moving in the right direction. And 
but it's also great to see that there's so much more improvement to be made, isn't there? Yeah, the, the, the course there is, and we're certainly not, not not the complete article. There's a long, long way to go. Um, we, we were saying in the in the early part of the season, we, we thought we deserved more points. It was great to, to, to get a three points that I thought was deserved yesterday, the same against West Ham. So what, what we're now doing now, we're, we're probably turning maybe draws into wins, which is what we weren't doing against, like I say, Brentford and Leeds, when you know we, we, sh- we should have really, uh, really been seeing those games out or, or trying to go on and... And get another goal, but I, th- I think the the positive signs are there. But you know, we had out, outside of Onana's chance, it was the Mike Gray got put through. He should have stuck that one away. He, you know, he, he stood in the end, didn't he? He, he was he sort of he waited too long to sign to sign put the put the ball on the back of the net, and it was he lacked a little bit of conviction there. So th- there's another example of of, of the Mike Gray at times where you, you say just the difficult things make them uh, look easy. And easy things makes them look a little bit difficult. But, you know, again, we're not trying to write any kind of player off. It's just about having a little bit of uh, improvements as, as the season goes on. But the key the key to it all for me, which is what Pete mentioned at, at the start of the show, was when it was one all, James Tarkowski gives the ball away. Southampton then come at us and we see a total of three blocks from uh, three separate players. Connor Cody was the first one. Michalenko the second one. And then Seamus Coleman with the third one. We get the ball clear, go down the other end and make it 2-1. Now, that's that's the really, really impressive thing for me. A lot of fans have gone back to that particular point yesterday to, to, to say, you know, that's Everton. That's what we're all about. That's what we should be about. We're seeing players now putting the body on the line, trying to get in the way of anything that they can. And, and yesterday, Pete, we got the rewards for that, didn't we? Because it's, it's very much, it's not a case of, of just, you know, celebrating the goals and things like that. It's important to celebrate good defending, solid defending, commitments, and that's exactly what that moment was yesterday, wasn't it? Definitely, absolutely. You know, first and foremost, you've got to be hard to beat, haven't you? And it's, you know, it's, it's a footballing cliche, but Everton, in the Premier League era, we, we've generally, generally always been a team who, you know, are extremely hard to beat, and it's, it's generally very rare that we get turned over because even when... You know, we've been under difficult regimes and difficult times. It, it's something the fan base just don't accept. Um, and it's something that the, the, the club, regardless of, you know, whoever the owners are, whoever's got the, the sort of control and power, thankfully, they haven't accepted either. So it, it does feel like a real shift in, you know, momentum, identity. Again, going back to, you know, knowing who your back four is, um, you, you know, being able to predict the team sheet. Coleman coming in and slotting back in for, for, for Pattinson and, you know, having a seamless game. Um, it, it feels like we're starting to see, uh, you know, a, a team taking shape again. I think that's it, isn't it? I think I think a team taking shape is right. And that, that's going to be our, our discussion after the first part today about this identity. Um but I think what, what we're seeing game by game, Lee, is the fact that, I keep on saying this, I feel that we are improving game by game. We're, we're not seeing a complete 90 minutes. We're not seeing total dominance, of course. We do all, all want more goals and all want uh, wins to look at that a little bit more convincing uh, than they do on, on paper, so to speak. But I think what we're seeing now and you know the, the work that the manager has done with, with his coaching staff, the players have bought into it, 
yesterday was 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 another example of that. And I think it's a great point that Pete makes is the fact that we now can pretty much sit here and pick our starting eleven, can't we? we you know, bar the, the one change yesterday, which we were unsure was that was Andy Gordon. Uh, he wasn't pitched in insane on Friday, so you, you you assume there was something not quite right. But pretty much, you know, we can select our our eleven now and know what our strongest eleven is and how we're going to play. Yeah, and that's something we couldn't have done only a few months ago. Do you know what I mean? So the transformation really is 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 incredible. Um, I still think we definitely need more quality in the final third. I think most people would agree with that. But you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, was it? And we have to we have to you know the amount of changes we've made, not just incomings but also outgoings. You know, Alan's gone recently as well. And whilst I think and what I think we think as a collective, Alan on the whole was you know a relatively decent signing. That, you know, a, certainly a transitional time for the club. He certainly wasn't. A player in the peak of his career. Now we look at that midfield and it looks completely different, doesn't it? It looks completely different in the midfield now. I feel more confident now going into these games where, you know, we've lost seven out of ten at St Mary's. Yeah, I mean, mm. our record there is absolutely awful. So, you know, these are the sort of games where in the past you dread almost going there because you know you're probably a better side, but we probably find a way to lose the game or find a way to capitulate like we have done more recently. So, it's a real barometer test that that match yesterday, and I, I was I was I was interested to see how, how we reacted, and we react, reacted brilliantly. Certainly to go in a goal down, like I said. And if I'm being critical, though, whilst we're, whilst we're giving out loads of praise, and Lampard and his team will definitely look at this, is is how we after we got that goal in front, we didn't then just kind of go, let's try and get the third and kill it. We naturally sat off, and then we really invited a real horrible spell of pressure, didn't we? Um, now, if you look at the stats, second half, uh, first half, as I said before, it was very much in our favour. Second half, they had 16 shots to our seven. So they had twice as many shots as us. Five on target to our three. And they had seven corner kicks to our, our zero. Now, if you can, the flip side, the first half, we had six to their zero. So, you know, if Lampard's going to be super critical and he will look at this with his team and things like that as well, what he'd probably want is... Look, no problem is trying to soak up pressure and, 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 and invite teams on, but maybe be a lot more ruthless and, and get maybe that third or fourth goal on the counter-attack by making the right decisions. Because we certainly had enough players on the pitch with pace to, to, to counter you know, with, with a lot of purpose. And we, we didn't really do it. I know we had those quick-fire chances after the second goal, but after that, it was pretty much you know, us trying to basically keep them out, wasn't it, for the last 20 minutes or so. And you know, I think in in future, if we do want to, you know, be, be overly critical, maybe maybe we we do that with a little bit less stress. Yeah, that that's it, and it's it's about progressing to that particular point where you can dominate games, and when you do go, whether it's one or two or whatever it might be, you, you look comfortable. You, you try not to invite the pressure. I think naturally, you know, especially maybe in our position and the fact that you know we, we are still going through it. A development phase and after what happened last season it's very much a case of sometimes when we do go ahead it's what we have we hold and that's that's in a lot of players minds to be fair a lot of managers this season have said this that i would have preferred us to have tried to take the game to them and, and, and try and obviously put the fine on early in the coffin but but naturally players don't outside of obviously the the, the better teams your, your sissies your your, your chelsea's arsenals etc um, but that's something which which obviously we, we can certainly work on but I think it's really important that we do touch on this 
this this discussion around identity. Um, as much as I as I hate I hate that terminology, but that it is it is what it is. You know, we we always scream that we want to know what our, our identity is and, and that we've lost it in recent times. So we're going to discuss, discuss that after our first break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Chancy podcast. And we mentioned identity before the break. And I think it's, you know, to be clear on that, we, we talk about what, what we see as fans, as what an Everton identity should look like. And it, you know, it certainly should be should be changeable. It shouldn't just be, you know, this is this is Everton Football Club. This is how we should play. I think you hear you know, Sky pundits quite often say this is how this is what an Everton team should be like. Well, you've got to move with the times, you've got to want to be better than what we've been in the past. And I think it's too easy to say this is just what Everton fans expect and, and how, how Everton should play. But what I would say is this season, as opposed to what we saw at the you know, the back end, the last sort of two or three months of last season when we were we were fighting for our lives, we are starting to see the the, the resemblance of a side first of all uh, of players who are who are committed, um, and the, the, these are some great stats that have been put out on social media um, today actually in regards to. Everton's defensive stats in the Premier League. We lead the way in tackles, clearances, blocks and saves for the Premier League, as well as having the best defensive record thanks to Man City shipping three goals today against Manchester United. I think we've conceded seven goals so far in the Premier League this season. So what's that, what's that telling us, Pete, in regards to this, this identity, the way that Frank Lampard wants to play? Do, do, you see, do you see it as he's going to want us to be hard to beat and that's it or are we are we looking at this is just the start of things it's it's let's let's build a base and then let let's then look to to improve the attacking side of things as we go on i definitely think it's the latter because i, I think that's what we've learned about frank lampard as a manager i know he's had a, a short managerial career but you know that when he first came to Everton, and he tried to set us out in a certain way didn't he which was attacking possession-based football um, and one of the things we we spoke about on the podcast actually that we, we really liked about Lampard that arguably saved our season last season was he he had to adapt. He didn't persevere with that. He learned that that wasn't working and that wasn't going to get points on the board. And um, the, the squad was in a dire place. Um, so, you know, we, we went and played the majority of our games with that sort of back five or that sort of three, four, three system that we've relied on for so long until we've been able to overhaul the midfield. And now we've seen a very different Everton start to emerge. Um, 
with real stability in that middle and like Lee was saying a moment ago, options and depth in the middle of midfield so that we can play a certain way and we can turn the ball over and we don't lose our identity when we lose certain personnel. And that feels really key. And I think that tells you a lot about you know Lampard and the club's vision um, going forward. And you know, look, not not to make too much of a meal of it, but I, I do think what's happening at the moment is really significant because, look, under Moyes, we had a really, really clear Everton identity. And when Martinez came in, we had a really clear Everton identity as well. He, he took it on, he shifted it. Um, and that first season was, you know, absolutely, you know, it's one of my favourite seasons as, a, as an Everton fan that I can remember. And then, of course, teams worked us out um, and arguably, you know, personnel played a factor as well and the squad started to age. But I think after Martin has left, the succession of the managers we've, we've had since, we've never really had a clear identity again. I think when Marco Silva came and he tried to, he tried very much to instill something and we started to see just embers of it, didn't we, flickers. But then very, very quickly, we got really unlucky with injuries and it didn't work out and you know, Marco Silva moved on. But it, again, I think since the Mar- the Martinez era, we've never really been able to, I think, think about Everton as like a, an, an entity with an identity. I think we've really been an unknown and it's been our downfall, hasn't it? I think that that loss of a shared vision for the club and who we are and how we play, we've learned why it's so important because it, it got us into a horrendous mess. It nearly got us relegated. Because we ended up with a team that was made up of, you know, the, the lineage of what four, five, or six managers, uh, with their, you know, their views and their recruitment policies, and um, you know, a, a chairman who, albeit, is heavily invested in us, has, has maybe made, you know, made some errors as well when it comes to recruitment. And we've had to learn and we've had to reset. And I think that's what we're starting to see now with this unbeaten run we're on and the way that we're starting to play. Um, with the midfield three and the recruitment, it's all fitting together. It's starting to make sense. And finally, I think we're starting to see the results on the pitch. Yeah, totally. I totally agree with that. And, and I think the Martinez point is, is, is a good one because we go back to that season and we the, the, the change from what we were on the Moyes to, to Martinez, it was... It was quite a big change, I thought. It had the, you know, the little bit of, of Moyes in terms of the the quality at the back, but then in terms of an, an attacking team, which to be fair, I think Moyes doesn't doesn't get the credit at times for how we play. You look at some of the goals we scored under David Moyes, and they were lovely to watch. You know, we always go back to like the, the Larissa goal with Leon Osman as one example. But we played some lovely football. Um, but I think under under Martinez, he, he came in with this this new this new style. Very much relied on on youth exuberance, um, playing with energy. Um, but then obviously he got found out and wasn't flexible, and wasn't adaptable. What we've seen with Frank Lampardly is that even in you know this season, you know we, we can compare to last season, of course, but totally totally different. And I think it almost becomes irrelevant in terms of I think Frank Lampard how he sets up now compared to last season because it was needs must we had to grind things out and that's what we did but now we've seen him shift from a three at the back to going to a four at the back which everyone thought that we couldn't play everyone thought we couldn't have a three in midfield we've got the personnel in you know we look at the at the, the midfield three or had, had, had good games yet again 
against Southampton. You know, um, we, we could all that's definitely our, our our best best midfield three. That's for sure. But we're seeing Frank Lampard be adaptable, and when things aren't working, and he thinks, okay, well, that maybe that's not suiting what we want what we want to try and do. He's quite happy to then change things up and and set us up in a, in a different way, which which I think is is really really important if we are going to improve as as time goes on. Yeah, and I think Pete's Pete's point there about options. I think he's now got options when he looks around at the bench, isn't he? You know what I mean? He can look at the likes of uh, the core now, who potentially can come on and shore up. Uh, you know, if, if we're trying to hold on to a league like we were yesterday. Or even play a bit more box to box. You know, Garner, who was fantastic for the under twenty ones in the week, and by all accounts, Lampard was glowing about him in training as well. And now he's a good lad. And we all know United fans are obviously, you know, not very happy that he's moved on because they seem to rate him very highly as well. You know, he's he's got a young player like that. He's got a bit of everything about him. Um, whereas before, I think last season, certainly a lot of games, he'd look look around at his bench and going, "What am I bringing on here?" What can I genuinely bring on here now that's going to going to actually change this game? You know, Lampard's talked about so many times in 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 the in the transfer window about how this five sub rule is going to have a massive impact and how he wants to have more options. Now, look, we're never going to have the options of maybe you know certainly in the short term of a of a city or even a United now. You know, got all you know fifty, sixty, seventy million pound players on the bench. But he has got more options to choose from now. And we still have, you know, what, four, five, six players out as well. So, you know, so at least yesterday he could turn around and, and feel that he could you know, maybe change it. We still lack that little bit in from, like I said before, from an attacking perspective. You know, and, and, and you know, that's the first game this season we've scored actually two in a game as well. So let's remember that. You know, that's still, that's still part of the jigsaw we need to improve on. 100%. Or we need, you know, we certainly need to add it. I think by getting Allen out, I think we will be after maybe one or two players in, in the January window by clearing some of the wages there to be able to do that, by the way. Um, and that, that for me is what we're, you know, what we're lacking a little bit. Now, I did want to mention another point as well is, 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 is how well Patterson has been. And we've all been praising how well he's played since he's come in the side this season. I did feel yesterday with Seamus on that side and Mikalenko on the other, I felt that Seamus and Mikalenko, now this is this is not the Seamus of old where he would be bombing up and down like Patterson has been for us. But I did feel we lost something a little bit at fullback, didn't we, yesterday? You know, that shows you how well, that's testament to Patterson, by the way, how well he's played and how, how he's asserted himself in games and, 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 you know, bombed forward and created things in the final third. Yeah, you know, I did mention Seamus put in a great ball he did for, for, for Onana. But other than that, I just felt like, you know, defensively he was okay. But I just felt we lacked that little bit of impetus, certainly from the fullback position. What I love is that, you know, Frank clearly sits down with his team. He's got some great people in there. And I think he's very much a manager that will talk, won't he, to the players. He'll talk to the coaching staff to figure out, well, let's work as a collective here and see how we can improve. And, and look, we can see it. We can see it all over the, all over the pitch. And, the biggest thing for me, more than anything, and I alluded to, alluded to it before, is we just look a lot more solid, don't we? We look a lot more solid. I and mean, He's clearly building from the back. And, you know, they always say, most managers, we have to, you have to build from the back. And that's clearly what he's doing. We look a lot more resolute. We look a lot harder to beat. It's interesting what I'm seeing, though, in the fact that you've given those defensive stats out before, Mike. We are still conceding quite a lot of shots on goal, though, aren't we? 
you, know, you mentioned Pickford obviously has made a lot of saves. It'd be interesting to see the stats on how many of those are actually quality chances and how mm. many of those, you know, maybe poor chances from 20, 25 yards. You know what I mean? We're not, we're not conceding a great deal of big chances is what I'm referring to. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how that stat plays out in that respect. Because Pickford is showing at the moment, isn't he? He's the best keeper in the league in terms of, you know, basically chances uh, to save, isn't he? So it'd be interesting to see uh, how that actually plays out. Um, but look, at the end of the day, the main thing is we look a lot more resolute. We've got two centre-halves who, by all accounts, enjoy playing with each other. Our midfield is well-balanced. We've got a bit of everything in there. Um, and as I said before, we just need to be that little bit more clinical in the final third. I mean, can you imagine now, if we had this setup like we have now, if I had someone like Lukaku leading the line, for example, you know what I mean? I mean, we'd, we'd, look, we'd look a top, top team then, I think. Yeah, it's all about personnel, of course, you know, and and, and that's where the, the improvement will come. Uh, we, we had a good good summer of, of recruitment. Um, we had a, a good summer of shipping players out as well. And like you say, I think getting rid of Alan, obviously, the last last few days or so is, is going to allow us even more middle room to do to do a bit of work in, in January as well, um, in an attacking sense, I think. But on, on the defensive side, obviously, we, we've mentioned the stats there. I think what it does show, whether it's big chances or or not, but what it is showing is the manager is keen to, to stress yet uh, after yesterday's game, as was Connor Cody, that what they are working on is is a more possession-based game um, and us having the ball more, which we did in the first half, of course, and then things shifted in the second half. And whether that's obviously because we, we went 2-1 up and we invited pressure. Uh, but I think for, for, for certain portions of games, we are still in a situation where we are given up possession and not in control, like we've said already, uh, happy to to defend. And I think that's why we're seeing so many tackles, blocks, clearances and things like that and saves uh, because we are still, we're not all the way there is, is, is what, what I'm trying to say. So I think the possession side is really important. Do you know what, though, Mike, as, as well, I, I'm really glad that we're able to do that because how many times have we seen Everton sides, to our detriment, trying to play out from the back mm. and conceding goals or, like you said before, drawing or losing that game because we've repeatedly, from a goal kick, tried to play out from the back and then given away a throw-in in our own half or a free kick in our own half or, even worse, got caught quickly on the break from a misplaced pass. Um, or someone's tried to do something daft inside our own box. I, you know, I, I think that there's clear, sensible instructions now being given. And you're seeing Jordan Pickford, you know, maybe after two, one or two times where that, that sort of played out, pushing the defence up and going long. Um, and, and I've got all the time in the world for, for him taking as long as, his, as long as he likes with his goal kicks, by the way, because everybody else does it to us. Everybody we, else does it. Yeah. And we've been too yeah, nice for too long. We've got, we've got a few years, haven't we? Yeah, we're, 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 we always say about, I mean, how many times have, have, have sides come to Goodison Park? Even even this season as well. Um, Chelsea game? Yeah, Chelsea were doing it. And I think that Newcastle, when they came last season, they were doing it. Um, wasting time and goal kick. But funny enough, you should mention long balls. We also lead the way in long balls as well. Now, this is not a case of Big Sam Allardyce tactics, let's just shoot the ball up. Tarkowski and Cody, the two of them, are fairly accurate and fairly good at playing a diagonal pass, switching the play, 
go, but, but going along with it, Jordan Pickford obviously does it. He did, did it fairly well yesterday as well. So we're starting to see that. So it is good at times to go along because we've got the quality of player who can pick a pass, not just hoof the ball up and then obviously try and win the header or try and win the second ball. It's pick a player out in a wide position, pick a player out in the central position, but do it with control. And that's what we're starting to see with these players because we've got players who are comfortable in, in doing that. And that's 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 another real, real key change, what we've seen this season. So it, there's definitely a time to do it. We we know, you know, we do play out from the back at times sometimes, but we're not at that point really, you know, in terms of players being overly comfortable on the ball to be always doing that. So it's good to mix things up. But I'm, I, like you say, I'm quite happy to see us do that. You know, it's uh, as long as it's 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 efficient, it's accurate, then there's not no problem at all. Um, and that's all part well, Cody's, of. Sorry, mate. Cody's comments yesterday were interesting, weren't they? After the game, he said um, he's brilliant working with this gaffer. He really, you know, really obviously clearly likes him. But he, he said the gaffer keeps on telling us it's it's not where we are now, it's where we finish. Mm. And what he was talking about in that context was was, was about improvement, isn't it? And how 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 where we are now in terms of as a squad and as a style of playing, as a way we're playing, it's where we finish and the journey it takes to get there. And I think that's what, you know, there's that iconic image. I know you're putting it out uh, on, on the um, on the release of the pod later, but that iconic image of Lampard walking off the pitch or on the halfway line with his players and the fans in unison behind him. Mm. That's a really iconic picture, that really is. Lampard can use that picture when he retires in like 20, 30 years' time on his book. Yeah. That'll be that'll be an absolute iconic photo, that, whoever took that picture. Because it's clearly a manager walking off proud of his players and his players celebrating with fans who are proud of the team. Well, that's it. I mean, Frank Lampard had been over already, hadn't he? And you've seen loads of videos, which, which we love watching from the Everton fans um, yesterday. I also enjoyed watching the one from the Southampton fans who do a YouTube channel. When we when we scored the uh, second goal, that was also quite interesting. But um, Lampard had been over. He he obviously got a little bit of the, the applause as he does. But then he was quite keen. He ushered the players over, and then he walked away. And that image is is great, isn't it? You know, it's it's the 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 master and his apprentices, and obviously the the adulation which which comes with with the work that he's done. But he's, he's really keen for the players to get the applause. From the fans, you know, we see Onana, as we see Ghana Gay, Awobi, they're all dancing, you know, and it's what you love to see. And the connection between fans, players, managers, coaching staff, we've said it before on the show this this season, it, it's as good as I have I've ever known it, to be honest. And I think in a way, and it's it sounds horrendous because last season was so bad for everyone's mental and physical health. I don't ever want to go through it again. But in a way, that has got us to where we are now as a club because we had no other choice but to unite. We got behind the manager, obviously, as soon as he came in. Those scenes at the back end of last season from Chelsea game, obviously, Crystal Palace, Brentford, you know, all, the coach when the coach went to Leicester, all of those things, those scenes were unprecedented. You don't see it. You just don't see it. Now, what it's meant is that's continued into this season. The fans feel part of, of this Frank Lampard journey. They feel an attachment to the players after going so many years when when probably we haven't. How many times we go to the match? 
and Goodison Park where you could hear pins drop. You know, it was horrible. It wasn't it wasn't enjoyable. You did that out of out of duty basically. Um but now what we're seeing is we've gone through absolute hell together last season and just came through it out the other end. That stood us in good stead this season and meant that we can now continue together. And as we all know, United, we are better. Of course we are. And it gives us a much better chance to, to pick up points and win games and pull the players through. And the, and the players want to work for this club and they want to work for the fans. They see what, what it means. The connection's there. And for me, that should never be broken. We, we shouldn't forget, obviously, how important we are, but how much now, I think, we mean to the players and the manager as well. Um so I think that I think that's been really, really, really important, and and a long may that continue for me. Um, and hopefully, you know, and I'm sure it will. As much as the kickoff time against uh, Man United is absolutely horrendous on a Sunday at, at seven o'clock, whoever thought that one up must have been going the box the night before, and wanted to make sure they could they could attend both occasions. That is, uh, it's a shocking kickoff time, but hopefully it'll be a great atmosphere, and we're going to discuss that after our final break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the final part of today's Unholy Chelsea podcast. And it's it's all all eyes on Goodison Park next weekend. Manchester United are in town. A, you know, they, they were in form, weren't they? Um, uh, Ten Hag obviously recently had won Manager of the Month. Rashford had got Player of the Month. Um, always looking rosy. They rock up to the Etihad Stadium and, and ship six goals against obviously the, the best side in the country and, and the best player. In the country, it's got to be said in in Erling Haaland, and you know the only surprising thing really was they got that that they scored three after the way that the game was going. Um, but Peter, have you, have you got have you got much fear of, of Manchester United coming to Goodison Park without trying to tempt fate? You know, I always think back to the nineties, sort of growing up, and every time that they rocked up to, to Goodison Park, and into obviously the, the early two thousands as well, there was a there was a big fear playing Manchester United and. Goodison Park. We had some of our best times, our best nights. You know when when they came to town and and, and the fans were basically on on the pitch with the players. But is is that fear factor there with this United side or not? It's definitely not, is it? And it's like you say, Mike. It, um, it's probably not been since so Alex Ferguson's tenure, has it? Because they, they used to have our number. You know, there's so many times we used to go up against them, and either we, you know, we'd play so well. And then you know lose the game to a dodgy penalty or you know a Fergie time goal or they would absolutely turn us over. I can remember that game where I think Solskjaer scored was it three or four. Um, I think we lost that five or six nil. But yeah, they all they, generally they always seem to to find a way to beat us or beat us well. And then after that, really, we we've had quite a few good results against them. And now they come to Goodison and you, and you just fancy it. You just you always fancy it, but I I think that the thing for us, and I, I said it before in our our group chat, after they've got that drumming, it could potentially work against us, and we might get the fallout and the kickback um, from them getting so badly beaten in their derby. 
but it all depends what United turn up. Um, I mean, I know I know Man City and, and Haaland are absolutely f- phenomenal, and you know they're on another planet. But f- for me, they were they were outworked um, in, in a lot of that game today. Yeah, yes, City are and were brilliant, but there were similarities for me for when they they, they got beat by Brentford four 0 in just they were just so slow. Um, and you know, giving the opposition so much space and allowing players to run at them, and it's hard to know how much is you know personnel and how much they're in transition. But you know, uh, of course, I'm I'm not a football manager. I'm just a a fellow that goes to game like everybody else. But you look at the team that Ten Hag put out today, and you think, why would you have Christian Eriksen trying to defend the 18-yard box against Manchester City? You know, if you're going to have him in the team, you, you, you want him pulling the strings or you want them to be higher up the pitch. And, uh, you know, it was similar to, to Brentford. They were trying to use him to play out and they just got repeatedly hit on, on, on the counter-attack and didn't seem to have an answer for rapid, aggressive play. So my, my hope is a similar United turn-up. And I think if we're man-for-man, harder, better, faster, stronger... And we, you know, we go into the game with with aggression, and we approach it the the same way we we have whenever United have come to us over the past few seasons. Then, yeah, I'm I'm really hopeful that we we might come away with the win. It's difficult, isn't it? Isn't it? Because in terms of obviously the game against Man City, you don't want to read too much into it because of how good they are. But you still see, like you said, Pete, weaknesses in that United side that we could we could possibly exploit, and you don't know. Obviously, what their setup's going to be in terms of where they're going to play particular personnel, Ericsson being one. Does Ronaldo come back in? Sat there on the bench today. I think they made five subs and he wasn't to be seen. Um, he, he was on the bench. So you, you do wonder, you know, will, will Varane be fit? Um, there's, there's a few question marks surrounding them. And you look back at that Brentford game, you know, at the start of the season, and, and they were absolutely horrific in that particular game. And obviously, Brentford are a different side to us in terms of how they play. Um, and, and how quick they are on the on the counter, but the fear the, the fear the it I keep on saying it. I just I just don't, and it, it's you know this might come back to bite me in the backside, but I just don't see the game like I used to against United. It was always white hot at Goodison Park because when they rocked up, you know, quite often they were champions or they were going to be champions, and they had some absolute quality. They've got quality now. Don't get me wrong. There's quality on that side. But I just think at this moment in time with the momentum that we have got and, and what Frank Lampard is, is is creating at this moment in time, we've got a great chance of, of certainly getting something from the game if not getting three points. Yeah, that sense of in, invincibility around United has is, is, is slowly waned over the years since Fergie left, hasn't it? Um, and we, you know, we have turned them over a few times at Goodison uh, since then. Um, you know, back in the Fergie days, you know, we'd always regret them coming over. You know, they, they would they would turn us over quite regularly. But um, I think United have had a weird start to the season. I know Ten Hag's had a lot of praise for September, but I still think there's a lot of false positives, you know, around United. And what I mean by that is, is obviously, you know, they lost to Brighton at home first game of the season. They lost to Brentford, as we know, pretty comfortably, almost embarrassingly. And then they got that win against Liverpool, um, and as we know, Liverpool, and as, as as it's been shown as well, you know, they're all over the place at the minute, which is great to see, by the way. Um, but 
I just think United got got that win against Liverpool. Arguably, you know, a bit of a smash and grab type, you know, on the counter type performance against an out of sorts Liverpool team. And that really gave them a, a real sort of, as it would do, because obviously they, they've had some bad results against Liverpool in the last few years, but it gave them that real shot of injection. And then they went on a run then. But when I was looking back at the results and the stats behind those results, the run wasn't as impressive as I thought. They beat Southampton 1-0 away, had less shots. They beat Leicester 1-0 away, straight after that, less shots. Uh, and then obviously they, they beat an Arsenal team at home. And if anyone watched that Arsenal game, Arsenal were a better team by a distance. And they had that Martinelli goal disallowed, uh, which would have been 1-0 after five minutes or five, ten minutes, whatever it was. And it was the softest free kick given against Eric, uh, given for Ericsson. Do you remember that? Um, and, and then Arsenal then, arguably, Mikel went a little bit too gung-ho too quickly, didn't he? It played into their hands and they... And they scored on the counter. Um, but Arsenal, again, you've been brilliant this season. They've won seven out of eight, and that was the only game they lost. But they should have won that as well. As Pep alluded to, you know, Arsenal being the better team in every game this season. So they won that game. Then they lost to Sociedad in the, in the, in the, um, in the Europa League at home, 1-0. Uh, and then, obviously, um, they beat Sheriff Tiraspol again, having away from home, again, conceding more shots. And then, obviously, City absolutely wiped the floor with them today, which isn't a disgrace, as we know, because City now were an unbelievable team. Now they're an even better team with Haaland, if that's to be believed. He was putting the ball in the net. So, as I was saying before, the original point, there's a lot of false positives around this United team. I think Ten Hag, that result against Liverpool, would have saved them an avalanche of of absolute noise around the club, wouldn't it? If Liverpool would have won that and they'd have lost three on the spin. As it's turned out, they've managed to turn it round. The press have got off their back a little bit and they've had a little bit of a run. But I, I think I, I, I think genuinely, genuinely, with the confidence we've got going through the side now, again, if we can stay solid, which I think we will, because they still have players who can hurt you, we know that. I think we can beat them. I genuinely think we can beat them. Um, and I say that, from a fairly confident place as well. You know what I mean? And the fact that we have looked a lot more resolute and we have looked, you know, a much better team and we are unbeaten in the last seven games in all comps. So, yeah, the overriding point is there. Is I think United have, have flattered to deceive and they've got away with it by nicking a few games here and there, which could have easily gone, you know, in, in other directions. So, you know, it might be a good time to play them um, after City turning them over and, and then in my opinion, getting a little bit lucky in a few games before that. Well, you can see the 14 goals in seven games in the Premier League. You know, obviously, six against City. Six like today. Half, yeah. Well, it was basically half today, wasn't it? Half yeah, today. it was. It was. But you still shift four against Brentford. So the, the point is, obviously, they brought in, you know, a fairly, fairly um, new defence in a way. You know, they've got a small sense of half in, in Martinez now. I'm not saying he's poor. By any stretch of the imagination, obviously at the moment. He's looked good, by the way. He has looked good. Yes, him, and Varane, has. Him, and, him and Varane have looked good, but the good news is Varane did his ankle today, didn't he? Yeah. Varane, Varane is a world class centre half, as we know, when he's fit. And when he's fit is the key bit because he's always injured. But I think that'll play into our hands as well, by the way. The fact that it'll likely be Lindelof who will have to play at the back, won't it? Mm. It's, it's a shame that we're not, you know, I mean, Dom, Dom could be in the squad, but we're not going to see him. Not going to be firing all cylinders. He won't start the game. Which you know, I'd fancy Dom to be pulling on 
on Martinez all game. And, you know, if we're having to go longer times, then then Don can bring the ball down and bring players in. But I think, you know, the, the change that they've made, the players that they've brought in, they've brought, of course, some quality there. You know, you look at Anthony's goal today. He, he, he's, he's quite a sharp player, quite quick. They've got paper with Rashford, and who started the season well. Sancho, who started the season fairly well. So we're, we're going to be testing the time. Of course we are, but I, I do think that we, we are going to create chances and we will get chances. And, and I think we, we've got a strong enough base and spine to, to obviously um hopefully shut shut them out or at least at least obviously uh concede less than, than we score but the confidence that Everton should be sky I've got to I've got to be honest I've I've not seen it as I said this this um this United and and the, the feelings towards a club so strong for, for, for such a long time that the players have I've got to feed off that and I'm sure the feel good factor gets back around Finch Farm and now now we're starting to get our our just rewards for the performances that we are that we are putting in. But let's have let's have our predictions before we go. Pete, what are we saying? It's going to be two nil. Your score is going to be Neil Mope and Anthony Gordon. <laughs> Hopefully that's accurate. Let's see. We'll hold you to that, Lee. I love how decisive Pete is. It's like he's like this when he does his hackers. <laughs> I think um, I think uh, you mentioned there some of their players, Mike. By the way, I think by a distance, by a distance, their best player. Uh, has been Ericsson this season. And I, I'm a bit gutted in a way we didn't get him. I know we were in for him. Mm. Obviously, look, our midfield, you know, would we have signed then maybe Onana? Maybe we don't know or whatever. Or even Adrissa Gay? Possibly not. But um, Ericsson's been outstanding for him. Absolutely outstanding. And, you know, his set-piece delivery with, with the big lads we have in the box, he would have been brilliant, wouldn't he? But that's another story. So, um, yeah, I think I think it'll be tight. I'm, I'm going to go 1-1. And that's not to burst the, the bubble a little bit. I just think, I just think they have got enough players in that team. You know, they've got 100 million on Anthony. They've got, you know, Ronaldo who can score a goal from nowhere. You know, uh, Rashford on the counter attack. You know, Sancho showed bits in patches this season. So, yeah, I'm going to go one-one. I'm going to go one-one. I, I was thinking one-one, but I'm going to go one or two-one Everton. Um, I think we'll concede, as you say, they have got players who can hurt us, and, and at some point during the game, they will dominate at some point. Um, but I, I do think that we've got enough there, as I say, to, to cause them problems. I think the the commitment and work ethic is there of all players. Um, and I think I think confidence is a very, very fragile thing. And I think for that club, and you know, behind the scenes issues potentially with Ronaldo, which have been have been well reported, I think confidence. Uh, issues remain at that United, and like you say, I think sometimes that the cracks have been papered over so far this season, and things might look a little bit more rosier than they actually are. Um, so I think we can play into that, we can tap into that, and hopefully come away with the three points. But I'm going to say Everton going to win the game by two goals to one. Um, but that is us for this week. Um, our first one on on YouTube. So like I said at the start of the show, if you can. Subscribe and give the video a like. That will help us a lot. Obviously, we're out on all, all our usual platforms as well. Uh, Spotify, iTunes. Again, if you can, if you can give us a follow, subscribe on on those platforms. That will also help us as well. But we'll be back next weekend or next week to look after uh, look back on the the United game. Um, hopefully, it's 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 a good one for the for the Blues. Let's keep that momentum going and let's see. Let's see where it takes us before we have to break up for the uh, for the Winter World Cup. So we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast.
Three Blues, Three Opinions, One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.